week in the Coles household. Those of you who know us know that my wife Lynn is deaf. She has a late onset hearing, uh, which means she's completely deaf in one ear, and she's about 80% deaf in the other ear, and only can hear uh, with a, a hearing aid. And you will have seen us around church with our hearing dog, Edna, and last night was brilliant because we had a chance to actually um, raise some money for hearing dogs, and we had, we had three hearing dogs in the church, and we had a deaf dog in the church. Don't quite know how that worked out, but we, we ended up like that. Um, and this week has been tough because um, Lynn developed a, uh, a, 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 a sort of infection in her ear, which meant that she couldn't wear a hearing aid. So that meant she couldn't hear me at all. <laughs> Genuinely, the reaction is supposed to be, ah, but fair enough. It meant that I couldn't stand in one part of the house and say, Lynn, can I get a cup of tea, please? Because she couldn't hear me. And when I said, Lynn, what are you making me for lunch? She couldn't hear me. I'm joking. Okay, that's not quite how it worked. <laughs> but it got to make me realize this, um, this week just how important the ability to communicate is. And you don't realize how important it is until it gets taken away. This week, Lynn has lived in silence. She can't hear anything. She can't hear the TV. She can't hear a conversation. I can literally be sat as far away as myself to Lauren, and she would not be able to hear me. And you realize just how important communication is, because we are hardwired to communicate. It kind of sets us apart from the rest of the, the world. We, can, we get so much out of communication. So isn't it great that the Lord Jesus, he turns to his uh, best friends and the people who were following him, and he says, I'm going to teach you how to pray to your Father in heaven. I'm going to teach you how to communicate to your God. He says, Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us our sins as we also have forgiven our sins, those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. When Jesus teaches us, he's not teaching us something that is a magical spell that we get to speak to this big man with a frowny face and a big stick in the sky. This is a pattern that we can use when we're talking to our Father in heaven. And also, this pattern is not about using some form of manipulation to kind of get on the right side of the big Father Christmas in the sky. So that if we say this right and say it enough times, we move from the naughty list to the nice list. No, Jesus says, this is a pattern for you to follow and you can use this as something to give you some idea of what prayer is about. And ultimately what prayer is about is God first and us second. And this pattern helps us to focus on, on that priority. Because so often we want to put us first and God second. And this prayer shows us that that's not how it's meant to be. Now, we can use all sorts of technology to help us talk and help us to hear. 
But it's always limited. It's always limited. We found out this week that when Lynn's hearing aid, a simple piece of electronics failed, she couldn't hear anything. And although we can bounce radio signals out into space, and we can get radio signals back from the farthest planet, where we send a satellite out there, it's still limited. But the wonderful thing that the Lord Jesus is teaching here is that prayer is unlimited. You can say short prayers or long prayers. You can use whatever words you like. You can say the shortest prayer, which is help. Or you can fill it with lots and lots and lots of different languages. You can pray in any language. You can pray anywhere, anytime, to anyone, about anyone. You can do all of this because prayer is unlimited. But one thing that the Lord Jesus reminds us is that prayer is personal. We're talking to a personal God who wants to speak to us. So firstly, firstly, we're talking to our God who is our Father. That's just awesome that we get to speak to the God of the universe as our Father. We can go to him as a small child. We can go to him and we can look up to him and we can say, you are our Father and we know that you love us and you have an an amazing amount of compassion and care for us and therefore we can come and tell you anything. We don't have to hide anything from you because you are our father. And you know, as a dad, you know when you get those Father Days cards and they say, best dad in the world ever? I wish it was true, but I'm not. I'm not. But do you know what? When we go to our Father in heaven, he is the best dad in the world ever. He's the best dad in the whole universe ever. He is the one we can go to with everything. But we should never forget that it's our Father in heaven. This God that we go to speak to is not contained by time and he's not contained by the universe. He's too big for that. We go to him who is the creator of all things. We go to him as the sustainer of all things. He can do anything. He has started everything. There's nothing outside of him. He's just too big. And that's why we can go to him and we can tell him about everything. Because he knows it. He knows it even before we begin to speak it. He knows it right deep down inside of us. And he knows exactly what we need. And we go to him as a king. We go to him as a king as a well. It's his kingdom. He has a kingdom. This whole universe is his kingdom. And we must never forget that. God is not our buddy. He is our father who we go to respectfully and we love him and because he loves us and we go before him in that manner. But you know what? We also go to him reminding ourselves that he's a king. He owns us. He owns this whole universe. He sets the rules which are always good and he knows what he's doing, but he's the king. So there's a pattern and also this prayer is personal. Why is it personal? Because we know that we go and say to to God, we say, give us today our daily bread. God knows exactly what we need. He knows what you need today. Now, I may think I need a Lamborghini, Cornish. God knows me and a Lamborghini is not going to work. I have tried to get into sports cars. They do not work. Anybody who's seen the film Alien and seen the alien unfurling itself up to its full seven-foot height knows exactly what me trying to get into a sports car is like. God is not going to give me a Lamborghini. I've consoled myself to that fact. Because God knows what I need. 
not necessarily what I want. And sometimes the best answers that God gives us to our prayers is no. And sometimes the best answers that God gives us to our prayers is not yet. You're not ready for it yet. Because he knows what we need. Because this is a personal thing. When we can come to our God totally transparently, we don't have to hide anything from him. He, does, he already knows everything there is to know about us. He knows the hair on our heads. Pause for laughter. Good. Got that out of the way. He knows the grey hairs and the red hairs and the black hairs and the whatever pink hair, if anybody's got pink hair. He knows the volume of hair and he knows the lack of it. The fact is he knows everything about us. So we get to come to him and we get to pray to him and we get to speak to him and we get to hear from him because he knows everything about us. What's the point in hiding anything? We get to come to him transparently. And we get to come to him honestly. We don't have to hide anything from him. We can be as honest about how we're really feeling as we want. You don't have to hold anything back from God at all. So prayer is a pattern. Prayer is personal, but also prayer is powerful. When the Lord Jesus was teaching this prayer to his people, he said... Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. The greatest problem that human beings have is that we have decided to cut off the communication barrier with God. It's not like God can't hear us or see us or do anything, but because we've got this thing called sin in our lives, it stops us being able to have that relationship and communicate with God. So the Lord Jesus' teaching here is saying quite clearly, your biggest need... Yes, you have physical needs and God will look after them, but your biggest need is to have that relationship restored. You need sin dealt with. And the only way sin can be dealt with is if you understand forgiveness. The wonderful thing about our God is he forgives you through the Lord Jesus Christ. The wonderful thing is the teacher here, the one who is teaching this prayer, is soon to be the man on the cross. The teacher becomes the man on the cross and deals with our sin. Covers over our sin with his blood. Spills it, pours it out so that we are no longer considered guilty if we bend the knee to him. If we acknowledge what he has done, to hit, uh, done for us. If we say, we're sorry. We're sorry for the mess we've made of our lives and the, things that we've tr- the way that we've treated you, God, and the way that we've treated others. And we acknowledge that you've dealt with that. Once for all. The righteous for the unrighteous. We need forgiveness. But forgiveness, that's kind of confession. Forgiveness is one thing. But then lead us away from temptation. We need repentance. Repentance is different from just saying sorry. Repentance is turning 180 degrees. That's a bad thing when you're a teacher and a trainer. You're told never turn your back on the people you're talking to. But this is what's called a visible representation. It's another form of communication. We need to turn away from our sins. We need to step away from it. We need to turn our back on it. And that is called repentance. And that is why we need to have the strength that God gives us to turn away from the temptations in our lives. We need forgiveness. We need the strength to turn away from temptation. And we only find those two in the Lord Jesus. And then finally, we need to be delivered from evil. The man on the cross faced down every enemy. 
The man on the cross crushed every enemy. The man on the cross dealt with sin. The man on the cross dealt with death. The man on the cross dealt with Satan and all his demons. Beat them down with a big stick. The man on the cross, for you, became the man in the tomb. Jesus genuinely died. He died for each one of us. And if that was the story, that wouldn't really give us an awful lot of hope. But Jesus, the man on the cross, and Jesus, the man in the tomb, became Jesus, the man in the empty tomb. He's no longer there. He's alive. He's risen. He beat down death. That's why we can have confidence today that death is not the end. That's why those who walk in Jesus' footsteps, who call themselves his friends, can say, Death, where's your sting? It's no longer going to forget me. Death is no longer a problem. Jesus beat down all the enemies that were faced against him, and now he turns around to us, his children, his followers, and say, Do you know what? Death's no longer a problem for you. Death is stepping through a doorway into a kingdom I've prepared for you. Death is no longer going to be the finality that the world wants to tell you it is. It is not. It is just stepping into my presence forever, where the communication will never, ever, ever end. It's permanent and ongoing. We'll sing it, we'll talk it, we'll do it, we'll walk it. Because that's the relationship you now have when you bend the knee to King Jesus. The Lord Jesus teaches us about prayer that it's, not a, it's a pattern, that it's personal, and it's powerful. Prayer is powerful. Now, I don't know, perhaps there's some of you here this morning who have forgotten some of that. Perhaps you've forgotten that prayer is, is not a pattern. The great thing you're told is, however you pray, however you talk to your Father in heaven is good. And it doesn't matter what you say, he understands. This week I've been brushing up on my sign language, which is not good. Can I just tell you, don't sign this to a deaf person. Don't say, would you like a cup of tea? Would you like a cup of tea? In sign language, that is a tea. Unfortunately, it also means toilet. (laughs) The thing is, God never mishears what you're saying, and he never misunderstands what you mean. He's listening to everything you say. And so perhaps you need to get back in contact with your God in heaven who wants desperately to hear from you and more importantly wants to speak to you. I don't know, perhaps you've been deciding that actually, you know what, life's good and I don't need to talk to God anymore. In fact, actually, he's a bit of an inconvenience in my life, really. Well, can I just tell you, you're actually missing out so much because actually God wants to have that relationship back with you. And can I just tell you as well, perhaps some of you here have never ever spoken to God before. You think this sort of church stuff is a bit weird, but you get brought along anyway. Can I just tell you the wonderful thing is God's just waiting. He's just waiting for you just to turn around and go and speak to him. And this morning could be the first time you do that if you've never done it before, because he's waiting to hear from you. The wonderful thing about Jesus is he's always in the business of teaching us what his kingdom is like. And the sort of relationship that we can have with God Almighty who loves us so much that he sent his son into this world to die for us. 
And one of the other pictures that we get, this was a, a wonderful picture of prayer, but the other, the other thing that the Lord Jesus did was he also gave us a picture about the relationship that we have, what he has done with us, just how much it cost. And we're going to share in this right now. We're going to go to this, it's called communion or the Lord's table or breaking of bread, whatever you call it. And this is another just brilliant picture that the Lord Jesus gave us to remind us exactly what he has done for us. Now, the one thing about this is, is that the Lord Jesus made this clear. This was a family thing. He said, this is a family meal. You get to come and be part of it if you're in his family, if you're walking with him. And we're going to share this in a minute. And, and you know, I just want to say to you, listen, if you're here this morning and you honestly look at your heart and you say, do you know what, I'm actually not in the family yet. I may be trying to figure these things out. I may be trying to get my head around it all, but I'm not in the family yet. Well, do you know what, we really just want to bless you by saying you don't have to take part in this. This is a family meal. But as we sit and as we consider what is going on here, this is what the Lord Jesus said. The Lord Jesus gathered his friends around him and he said, you see this wine, this juice, this juice that I'm giving you? It's a picture for you to remember that I poured my blood out for you. I put it out for you on the cross. That's how much it cost me to show my love for you, which was it cost the very lifeblood that runs through my veins. So when you take it, remember what it cost to purchase your freedom. And then he took the bread and he broke it in two in front of them and he said, this is my body broken for you. When you eat this, remember this is what it was like for me on the cross. I was whipped and I was scarred and I was nailed to a cross on your behalf. Remember it's broken for you. You know, the wonderful thing is, is that the Lord Jesus gives us this so we remember just what a privilege it is to be part of his family. It's a privilege to remember just exactly how far he went for us. I think that's something worth saying amen about. I'm going to uh, go and pray in a minute just before we go and uh, uh, we share the bread and wine together and before the deacons come up and share this. And I'm going to allow a bit of space because I just get the feeling there's someone here this morning who, who needs to reconnect with God in that way. You've been walking away from God a long time and you need to speak to him this morning. So I'm just going to leave a little bit of space just for you to have a word with your father in heaven who loves you and sent his son down to this earth to die for you. And if that's you, then fine, then go and speak to someone about it at the end. Come and speak to me if you'd like to, because I'd love to pray with you some more. But I just want to leave a bit of space for you to be able to do that this morning. At the end of the service, I hope that you're going to remember what Jesus has taught you. He's taught you how to pray. What a privilege. What a privilege to pray to our Father in heaven. What a privilege to pray to our King of Kings, Lord Jesus. Let's go and take part in the, uh, in the breaking of bread together.